Sup guys, this is Joe Blair, host of the Sports Gamble Ramble. I want to take a few seconds here to tell you guys about the Anchor app by Spotify. It is the app that I use to record and promote all of these episodes that you guys have been listening to. It's super easy to use. It's free to download. It uh, gives you the ability to edit and launch your podcast right from your phone or computer. Um, ton of upside to this, super user friendly, uh, and also gives you the ability to monetize your podcast and record nifty little ad reads like this so you know if you're ever interested in starting your own podcast or know anyone that is uh download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and thank you for listening and we're live sgr number 38 today we are starting our team uh, off-season, season preview episode series for the NFC South. We're doing the Tampa Bay Bucks first. Uh, now, I realized that the New Orleans Saints won the division uh, last year, but we're going to do the Bucks first because, obviously, they are the defending Super Bowl champs. It just doesn't really seem right to do them second here. So, talking about the Bucks today, this should be a pretty straightforward episode. Most of you guys are familiar with uh, how their season went last year. Not too active in the offseason. We're pretty much getting the same squad, trying to run it back for a Super Bowl repeat. You know, you guys know about Tom Brady. You know who he is. Uh, you know the whole story. So let's get into it. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks 11 and 5 last year, second in the NFC South, um, but won their last four regular season games after starting 7 and 5. Really got the momentum going. Uh, clinched the number five seed in the NFC. Uh, beat the Washington football team in the wild card round 31 23. Beat the uh, Saints, the Saints uh, 30 to 20. Uh, in the divisional round, and then they beat the Green Bay Packers 31-26 in that conference championship before dismantling the Chiefs 31-9 to in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, you know, um, that Super Bowl is kind of an outlier game. The Chiefs and the Bucks played in the regular season, and that, that was, I think, 27-24, much more of what you'd expect. But the Chiefs really dealing with a lot of injuries on the offensive line that one got ugly pretty quickly, so Brady got his seventh ring. Um, we'll take a look at how this team performed throughout the regular season. Offense was third in points per game, so very good. Uh, putting up 30.8 a game, seventh in yards per game, 384. Um, you got to keep in mind uh, kind of the story of last year was, you know, Brady and all these pieces coming together in an offseason with no OTAs. So a bit of a slow start for this team, but like I said, the momentum really picked up over the uh, back third of the season, I would say. And uh, they also dealt with injuries. You know, Chris Godwin was banged up for half the season. So once they finally got him back and they brought in Antonio Brown around, I think, week nine before the trade deadline, um, all those pieces coming together, you know, this offense was really a different unit from the first half of the season to the second half. Uh, the defense was very good, also eighth in points per game, 22.2, sixth in yards per game, uh, 32, uh, excuse me, sixth in yards per game, 327 allowed. Uh, they finished plus eight in turnover margin, which was fifth in the NFL. Uh, you would imagine having, you know, a top seven offense and a top seven defense, that would be the case. This team was pretty efficient. Uh, Brady didn't throw nearly the amount of picks that Jameis Winston did in this uh, um, system under Bruce Arians, and it showed 
uh, major, major results for this team in terms of uh, going from, I think, seven and nine to 11 and five and winning the Super Bowl. The coaching staff is all returning. Bruce Arians, one of the better offensive coaches in the NFL, one of the cooler coaches in the NFL, too. Um, the uh, offensive coordinator has been working with um, Bruce in previous seasons. I forgot. It's Byron Leftwich. I was blanking on the name. I, I knew it was somebody I knew. Byron Leftwich coming back uh, as offensive coordinator. And defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, one of the better DCs in the league, former head coach of the Jets. But things don't usually work out when you're uh, the head coach of the Jets. So um, we'll talk about free agency. And this will be a pretty quick conversation. They didn't have any key losses really i'll mention the four guys that they did let go in free agency but you won't recognize any of the names um outside linebacker joe jones cornerback antonio hamilton safety raven green and offensive tackle jonathan hubbard so whatever no big losses uh this team is bringing back all 22 of their starters from the super bowl that's uh, pretty unprecedented. That's crazy. It gives them a great opportunity and a realistic shot to honestly repeat on last year's success. As much as I'm sure none of you want to hear me say Brady has the chance to win another ring, he does. This team is uh, really good. The only key addition that they had in free agency was running back Gio Bernard. I talked about him while talking about Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette in some of our fantasy episodes, but I think Gio's big pickup for this team, not so much from a fantasy perspective, but from a uh, – um, on the field perspective, giving Brady a check down option as a third down receiving back. Uh, that role was a mighty uh, hole for this offense last year. It was really painful watching Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones try and run routes and drop passes consistently last year. So that's a big upgrade for Brady in terms of getting his uh, James White pass catching running back over there and Gio Bernard. And then the re-signings, you know, you guys are probably going to know most of these names, but I'm going to run through them because they re-signed everybody. This team, that's all they did this offseason was re-sign guys. They had a bunch of people uh, who were questioned to come back, big contributors to that Super Bowl team. And often when you win a Super Bowl, um, you know, you do get drained and gutted. I know it happened to Philly less in personnel, but more in the front office. We were not able to keep our offensive coordinator or half of our front office. Uh, after the Super Bowl, and that really fucking gutted us. You've seen it. Uh, the Falcons lost Kyle Shanahan after their Super Bowl season. So it happens to teams. Um, and the Bucs uh, were able to avoid really all of that. So they uh, brought back Chris Godwin on the franchise tag, wide receiver. Uh, they brought back and Dominic and Sue on a short-term deal. Um, they brought back uh, linebacker Shaquille Barrett on a big contract extension. Linebacker Levante David on a contract extension. Those are two key contributors to that defense, um, along with Sue. Uh, running back Leonard Fournette and um, – no, sorry, sorry. Just running back Leonard Fournette got re-signed. Uh, they brought back Gronk on another one-year deal, I think. Um, wide receiver Antonio Brown got brought back. And then a bunch of less-known names, but I'll run through them. Defensive tackle, Rakeem Nunez-Roche. Uh, cornerback, Ross Cockrell. Quarterback, Blaine Gabbert is the backup. Who would have thunk, you know, here we are, 2021, Blaine Gabbert, Super Bowl champ. Uh, defensive tackle, Steve McClendon. Linebacker, Kevin Minter. And right tackle, Josh Wells. They all got brought back. So this team was just handling their business, keeping things in-house, keeping that continuity on the roster. 
They did a great job of it this offseason. They didn't need to go out and make a bunch of splash free agent signings. They did that last year when they brought in Brady and a couple other guys. This team is put together. All they needed to do was keep it together, and they did that. In the draft, um, not too many big names, but we'll go through them. Uh, they had the last pick in the first round, uh, edge rusher Joe Tryon, outside linebacker. Um, so I've heard good things about him. He played at University of Washington, just hearing positive reports out of training camp, but that's all I know really. Uh, round two, quarterback Kyle Trask. So this was kind of a luxury pick. You know, uh, the Brady's not going to play forever. Uh, you, the idea is you draft this kid in the second round out of Florida um, who was one of the more talked about QBs in college football last year. And, you know, you develop him, you get him to sit under Brady and Gabbert. Even if Brady gets injured, there's no rush to put this kid in. You got Gabbert and you develop him. So we'll see how that works out. Round three, outside, uh, offensive lineman Robert Harrisley. And round four, wide receiver Jalen Darden. So drafting a receiver here, interesting. They might not be able to keep Godwin next year. Again, I said it's a franchise tag, so it's just a one-year deal. And a lot of times those franchise tags, you know, it's there for a reason. They weren't able to work out the money for the contract extension. So taking a receiver in preparation of maybe losing Godwin, maybe they lose Antonio Brown at some point too. Mike Evans is getting older. All these guys are really good players, but they're prepping for the future here uh, like they should. <clears throat> Quick sip. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we will talk about how they're going to do this season. And There's not going to be a lot of surprises in this segment. Their strength of schedule is 29th. I couldn't believe it when I looked at it, but that is accurate. This team, even though, well, I guess they don't have a first-place schedule. They have a second-place schedule, so that benefits them greatly. I forgot that the Saints got screwed with the first-place schedule. Um, so they actually benefited from winning the Super Bowl as a wild card. They get a bunch of really easy teams, like the Jets, the Falcons twice, the Panthers twice. Uh, the Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, um, you know, just not that many super teams. New Orleans is going to be a question mark this year. So um, a lot of winnable games, you know, the Bears. Um, the tougher opponents are, you know, the Rams, maybe the Colts, uh, the maybe the Patriots kind of middle of the pack. You know, they got the Bills. Um, and that's really it as far as like tough opponents. So pretty easy schedule, really easy to be honest. And this team is loaded. They're over under for wins is 11 and a half. And it's one of the higher ones in the league, but I think it's well-deserved given this roster talent. I talked about how this team really didn't gel offensively until the second half of the season. But I did just hear someone uh, this morning on another podcast say, if you took Brady's last four games of the regular season and his four playoff games where the Bucks went 8-0, and and you extrapolated that over an entire 17-game season, he throws for over 5,000 yards and 47 touchdowns and nine picks. And that's realistic for Brady this year. Like, obviously, I don't expect the Bucs to go 17-0, extrapolating that 8-0 sample size. But another year in this offense with these pieces clicking, they could be even better this year. And the division is arguably worse um, with uh, the Saints. We, you know, we don't know what the Saints are going to look like without Drew Brees and Michael Thomas right now. So that's a big question mark. You know, Jameis Winston, big question mark. Um, 
and uh, the Falcons and Panthers, neither one look like they're ready to challenge. So 11 and a half wins. The over is minus 165. The under is plus 135. And I like this over. I might bet this. Uh, I think the only way it doesn't hit is if Brady gets injured. And um, I know people people want to talk about like Brady falling off the cliff all of a sudden. I don't think that's going to happen with this guy. I'm getting super annoyed hearing people compare the end of Brady's career to the end of Peyton Manning's career. And people are talking about how the Broncos defense had to drag Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl in his final season. I don't know if you guys fucking realize Peyton Manning had four fucking neck surgeries throughout his career and was playing with a fucking torn quadricep his last year in the NFL. He didn't have a plant leg to to put into his throws. That's why he didn't have any fucking throwing power because he had a fucking fused neck and a torn quad. Brady doesn't have any of that shit going on. So can we... Can we stop that narrative? Can we stop comparing this whole, oh, this could be the year Brady falls off the cliff? Brady doesn't have nearly the injury history that Peyton Manning had throughout his career. Um, Peyton had to take an entire season off to get career-threatening neck surgery at one point. So fucking shut up about that. It's not going to happen. This guy is an outlier. Okay, you have to be able to recognize outliers. Yes, every quarterback falls off the cliff eventually. But you know what? Maybe Brady just plays – and is just good, and then and then he recognizes, okay, this is going to be the year that I fall off the cliff, so now I retire. And he just avoids it. It's very possible. That's kind of what I'm projecting. This guy just doesn't um, line up with the, you know, the sample size of all these other quarterbacks. It's just Brady's Brady, guys. Like, you got you to gotta stop fighting it at this point. He eats avocado ice cream, man. What more do you want? So I like the over 11 and a half. That rant felt really good. <laughs> um, the divisional odds are minus 400. The conference odds are plus 225. And the Super Bowl odds are plus 500. So this is like the odds on favorite. Um, you don't really want to take any of these because it's not great value. Especially conference at only 225. You know, I've said it before. I used to bet the Patriots every year at plus 300 to win the AFC. And that was like more of a locked and loaded thing. I think the Packers are going to be super good. I've talked about the Rams potentially being a, a challenger. I think there could be three teams out of those NFC West, that NFC West division that make the playoffs. And it's just, you know, I just don't want to take – it's basically there's no room to hedge. You have to be calling your shot here. So I'm not going to be betting any of this. Minus 400 for the division is not good odds. It'll probably happen, but it's not – nothing's a lock in this world. So – um playoffs yes minus 650 no plus 425 again i mean they're not missing the playoffs we're not betting it right so let's talk about fantasy this is where it gets a little bit more complicated the projection for this team winning this year is pretty straightforward right uh but for fantasy there's a lot of names here and a lot of pieces so i'll try and get through this quick but there's a lot of shit to talk about here brady first off i love for fantasy you can get them around your late seventh, maybe eighth round in your fantasy draft, maybe even ninth if he falls there in some leagues. I'm all about it. Like I said, potential to throw for 45, 50 touchdowns this year. Take it. I think he's one of the safer QBs in fantasy too. I had him last year. He was great down the stretch. I have no problems with that. The running backs, I'm not interested in any of these guys because there's three of them they are going to be on the field. This is the Patriots again. Like, this you have to look at this like it's the Patriots offense where you could never trust any of those running backs really from week to week. Jones, Fournette, 
Bernard. Uh, Jones is going like eighth round in your fantasy drafts. Fournette's going seventh. So he's going ahead of Jones. People are, you know, taking Fournette's success throughout the playoffs last year and kind of assuming that he's going to take over a role as the lead back. I think Jones is the more versatile guy and more explosive. I think Fournette's style just fit better, you know, in, in the physical, cold, you know, environment that is playoff football in January. But um, I, I just don't want either guy on my team. I think Giovanni Bernard's locked into that uh, third down pass catching receiving role. He's going to be sneaky, annoying for Fournette and Jones owners. Um, Bernard's going like 16th round, so almost undrafted. He is a guy that might be worth taking a stab on in PPR in like deeper leagues, maybe 12 or 14 man leagues. I probably won't have him on any of my teams because there's just not much upside for me here. He's not going to really challenge any of these guys for any sort of carries, I don't think, or goal line work. It's just kind of a niche pass catching role. But we've seen guys like James White be valuable in New England in that role. So it's a guy to, you know, keep your eyes on. I think that covers the running backs pretty well. Um, the receivers, you know, again, like four guys here that could all be fantasy relevant, but it's just a question of how much does this ball get spread around? I included Mike Evans on my receivers being drafted too high list, and that's just based on the fact that he caught a super high volume of touchdowns on a pretty low volume of targets last year, and that's usually unsustainable. But when I talk about Brady having the potential to throw 50 touchdowns, I kind of sound like an idiot when I talk about Mike Evans not having fantasy value there. So um, he probably will cash in at least probably eight touchdowns this year. If the touchdowns don't go his way, if they run it on the goal line more, or if just, you know, other guys are getting open in the, in the red zone, they got, they got tight ends there that they can go to. But um, I just don't think Evans is going to be a big yardage guy this year. Uh, so I don't know if he's going to return value on that like third round pick that you have to spend on him. I think there's a lot of safer receivers in fantasy. If I had to draft either Evans or Godwin, I'd probably go with Godwin because I think there's more week in week out consistency on a PPR yardage standpoint. But I have concerns if he's going to get the touchdowns, you know, if it's just with all these guys, where are the touchdowns going to go? It's a total guessing game, really. So it's tough. Um, cause there's also Antonio Brown and, and, uh, Scotty Miller on the team that are, are going to be on the field. Um, Antonio Brown, I think is a decent value this year. He's going like ninth or 10th round in your fantasy leagues. And this team's probably going to run a decent amount of three receiver sets. Antonio does have good chemistry with Brady. He is still a well above average receiver in the NFL. I don't want people thinking that Antonio Brown's washed up because he went crazy. Because you, if you watch him run routes, he's still got burst. He's still good. He's not going to come back to that Jerry Rice level of production that we saw over that four or five year stretch in Pittsburgh. But he's a very competent NFL receiver right now, and probably, uh, yeah, yeah, probably the best number three receiver in the NFL right now for sure. And then you got Scotty Miller, who showed a lot last year, uh, deceptively fast. Um, people want to put him into this Wes Welker, Julian Edelman comparison because he's small and he's white, but he's a lot faster than those guys. He's got straight line speed. He was burning people deep last year. So he's an exciting guy to keep your eye on. Um, they also have a fifth receiver, Tyler Johnson, and they drafted 
uh, that guy, Jalen Darden. So a lot of names here. I don't expect Johnson or Darden to get much playing time this year, but it's just there's a lot of guys on this roster, and it's going to be tough to predict where the targets go. Scotty Miller's not even being drafted in fantasy leagues. He's not even ranked in the top 100 on the fantasy footballers projections list. And uh, he could be super valuable, I think. He's a guy I was plugging into my lineups a lot last year before they brought in A.B., uh, and it's just um, it's just tough banking on any of these receivers, really. I'm having a tough time giving you guys a real solid opinion because uh, it's just – this offense is tough to predict. You guys can tell I'm struggling with this. A lot of names. It's going to be great for the team. They're going to win football games. But for fantasy, I'm starting to get a little hesitant about some of these guys because – like I said, I just can't get my brain wrapped around where the value is and who's going to be consistent week to week. I don't know. This is uh, one of the tougher um, teams to diagnose from a fantasy perspective. Gronk, I'm not interested in. I can tell you that. He's going eighth, ninth round in your fantasy leagues. Listen to my tight ends episodes to get more insight on that. But Gronk, I'm, I'm just not a fan of from a fantasy standpoint. And there's about five, six guys going later than him that I think could finish ahead of him. And uh, there's two other tight ends, OJ Howard and Cameron Brate, neither being drafted for fantasy, neither should be. But they're guys to know, you know, OJ Howard, former first round pick, super athlete at the tight end position, but hasn't really panned out over his NFL career. The tight end position itself is not really used that much in Bruce Arians' system. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I think the, the receivers are definitely the focal point of this team. And that's why, you know, I think out of the two, out of the four receivers, the two I'm likely to have on my team are probably Godwin and Antonio Brown this year. But um, like I said, it's tough to predict the consistency with this group. I can tell you this, they're going to be good. They're going to win games. They have their 22 starters back, and this offense is high-powered, so grabbing any pieces of it, you're probably going to be okay. I was really excited about Godwin last year, um, and then he struggled with injury problems. So if he can avoid that, I think he's got a lot of upside still. He did finish the number two fantasy receiver a couple of years ago, but um, it's concerning if Antonio Brown carves out more of a role in this team. Does that take away target value or target volume? Um, for Godwin. So it's tough. Fantasy drafts are coming up and I still don't have my mind made up on this team. So maybe I'm not super invested, but that's where I'm at. This team's good. I'm, I'm probably going to take that win total. There's a couple win totals. I still haven't bet. Uh, I'll, I'll be putting out my, my episode on win totals and futures um, this upcoming week, but it probably won't be until I would say at least Thursday this week because um, I got a couple fantasy drafts I got to prep for. But if I get that out to you guys Thursday, that's still an, uh, a full exact seven days before NFL kickoff. So we're in good shape. We're in good shape, guys. We got three more uh, team previews to do. So we're going to get rolling on those the next few days. Saints are coming to you next. Thank you for listening and ramble on.